So we've been talking recently. Is this weird? Does this sound weird? I feel like there's a weird echo. No, it's okay. We've been talking recently about um, Jesus and about him as the Lord of the universe, the one who comes in his life and announces himself as king of the universe and all of the, all of the implications of Jesus, not just being a guru or a wise teacher or someone that's come, that, that came a long time ago and what, what does he have to do with us today, but someone who came and announced himself as king of the universe and brings his, um, brings his whole vision of what life in the world could be like to a people who are um, oftentimes questioning the meaning of life or how it all gets put together or how does God and all of his mysteriousness fit into the, to the mix. And so we've been talking about Jesus for the last eight weeks or so. And if, if you've missed any of those messages, any of those times together, they're all online. You can find them podcasted on the website at grassroots.church. I invite you to, to take a gander and listen. So uh, because we're in this series, like eight of 42 sermons, I think it will be, by the time we're all finished with, with exploring Jesus this year, uh, we're also in a very unique and interesting few sermons, a little, a little uh, three sermons in a row that constitute our f- yearly family meeting on finances. So if you're new here, this is an uh, interesting week for you to be here. Kind of, um, this is not how we normally roll at Grassroots. Not, this is a little, be a little more feeling like we're in the living room sitting around having a family chat than, uh, than normal. Uh, but you're most welcome to, to, to peer in, take a gander also at what, how Grassroots works. Um, and so uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how Jesus... You know, oftentimes it's, it's really awkward and uncomfortable to stand up and talk about money in a public setting. Uh, because money is powerful, and people oftentimes, you know, we, we have experiences where people have used their power to coerce money out of us or money out of the world, and uh, you get this really interesting thread of thought that goes, money is an idol, stop worshiping money in order to, to like, be free from that idol, give it away, and the third step is, so give it to me. You know, so it's like it's this interesting thread of, of things that we hear over and over again sort of in, in church life and how sad sometimes that uh, it is that, you know, folks do misappropriate money. And so we do get a little bit kind of feeling kind of icky and gross about talking about money in public. But also there's this picture, you know, we, we can feel like we're, we're beginning to make a difference. We're as a, as a community making a difference. And that's what we're talking about here in these three weeks is how do we as a group use our money together to make a difference in the world um, and yet when we, when we talk about funding and finances it could kind of feel like this of all these if you can't read it it says school life money time I forget what those say it can feel like that right there's so much that is that our life is made of so many responsibilities that we have, and it feels like if someone gets up and asks just for a little bit more, it could feel like someone tying another, just even if it's a little bit, tying a rope to your ankle, and that's what will do it. You'll sink in. And so I just wanted to mention that here at the very beginning of this message, because you know, we're going to get into some conversation today about where we're going as a church. And how, how I see financially we're going to be able to do this and how, that, how, how we need to grow a little bit to get there. And you know, I think it's very important at the beginning that I, I say to you all that 
no matter how much money God entrusts this community with, no matter how much we're able to give to it, God will do work. God will work through it. Um, there's no one here going, well, I'm out the door tomorrow if you don't give more. None of that. This is, this is a very sacred thing about putting our sacred trust, about putting our money together and doing something awesome with it. And, uh, and so if you're feeling like this today and if you're feeling like someone is going to put another burden on you and you're going to go under, just take a deep breath. It's okay. No one's, no one's saying that this morning. And I understand that that's how it can feel oftentimes. Um, there's so much that we carry, so much. Um, that, we, that we are um, weighed down by. But grassroots as a church, I'm convinced, is a really great place to invest in, a really great place to put our money together, our resources, and do something amazing in the world. And so we're, we're not just talking about Jesus, we're talking about his view of money as well. And because we're doing that kind of in the same awkward space, I've said a couple weeks ago that um, Jesus has amazing teaching on giving away money. And how in the life of discipleship that works, how we go about um, taking our resources and being freed from them. That's a real thing Jesus talks about. But we're going to talk about that more specifically next spring. We're going to get there in terms of discipleship, how that all works. This three series is all about how we use our money, how we use it as a church and asking Jesus to guide us there. So we talked about a couple weeks ago our pooled resources of money, time, and energy can make a big difference in the world. And that... Secondly, last week we talked about God not wanting us to waste the money. He's not asking us to waste anything, but to learn to use it. Use money, status, privilege, power, powerfully with pure hearts. And um, finally, today we're talking about this. Jesus wants all of us to use our privilege and our power, no, no matter how small or great it is, to anticipate his new creation. And as we get into the mind of Jesus, asking him, how would you lead us? We want, we, want to, we want to follow his principles, follow his way of understanding money as a church so that we can do it like he'd want us to do it. And it's interesting. We, oftentimes we might think, well, Jesus wants, to just, wants us to be frugal with money. He wants us to sort of keep it and make sure that it's there for the next generation and oftentimes in Jesus' teachings, it's far different than that. It's, he says oftentimes, and this is where we get a sense that Jesus wants us to use our money. He wants us to spend as much as we possibly can to help create the new world. And so we're kind of getting into his mind castle of what it is to, to use our money. And we talked about him so far. I love this, this image because he, you know, at the very beginning of this series, we talked about him coming as king. And this is a scene where he's with his followers overlooking Jerusalem. You can kind of see the, either the sun setting or the moon rising uh, over the, 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 the temple here. And we'll, Jesus will be in the temple as we, as we talk about him this week. And he's, he's lamenting over, over his people because his people haven't recognized that he's come as king. They're not going to accept him. They're going to reject him. And, and we remember that... Um, in his, in his final week of life, where he poured out, ex extravagantly poured out his life to help make the new world, uh, to, found, to foundationally be, uh, make the new world possible. Uh, he, he spends that week from coming in on a donkey as king to being crucified, dying, and then being 
resurrected from the dead. He spends that week in between those two events in the temple, teaching. And he has a lot to say about a lot of things during that week. And so this is one of the things, if we want to get to know Jesus, if we want to get inside of his heart and mind, one of the great places to think of um, spending time in studying him and learning him is in his last week. Because like any leader, during his, when he knows that it's, there's nothing left to lose, he, knows, he, he tells his disciples far before this, I'm going into Jerusalem and that's going to be it. There's no way these leaders aren't going to kill me. He's ready, he's prepared. And so in his last week, he's not only saying like the most important things to his disciples that he wants to convey to him, but he's no longer trying to hold anything back. He's like, I'm just going to say whatever I is, you know, whatever is on my heart, full-fledged. I mean, he, he, he does that miraculously throughout his whole ministry. But here he's just, he's not really trying to dance around anyone's feelings. And he says some, some really powerful, important things. And so um, we get into this teaching on Mark 12, you know, on Mark 12. And uh, he says a lot of things before this, uh, but he, um, this is just sort of centerpiece into into his teaching right in this last week. And he says, as he taught, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus is not too happy with these folks. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put everything she had all she had to live on. So let's, let's dive into this today as we think about sort of giving. And uh, one of the things that we begin with is we have to, to understand where Jesus is coming from. To, hear, to understand fully what he's saying, we have to dive into the characters in this story. So the scribes. Well, here, here's the temple. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. So I typed into Google, I said, um, obnoxious pompous people. And that's what, that was like the first image that came up. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a scholar. I, I have a jacket like that. I have glasses that I wear to make, I don't need them. I just make, make myself look smarter. I'm just um, And, you know, I actually spent a lot of time, I fell asleep last night wrestling. Who in our day and age is like the scribes? And I had a lot of people that I wanted to zero out, but I'm not con- courageous enough to. Um, but this one came close enough to my own sphere that I like it. He says, beware of those, and this is, you know, the scribes, beware of those who like to walk around in fine clothes, eating the, eating the choicest of food at banquets, being greeted in the marketplace with reverence and honor. And, um, you know, who are, who are the flowing robes today? Well, the scribes in, the, in the Jesus' day were like scholars, they were like people who had their PhDs, maybe they're doctors of some sort. They've, they're highly learned, they're maybe lawyers, they're keeping, keeping their 
uh, kind of the world running in terms of, of the law system and helping people live in the daily life. And, and Jesus, just before Jesus teaches, he, he, we know that he doesn't dismiss scribes altogether because just before this, Jesus, a scribe came to Jesus and said, which is the greatest commandment? How do, what's the greatest thing to do to keep this world running well? And Jesus said, well, you know, it's love your God. Your God is one. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the scribe came and said, ah, so this is more important than sacrifices and offerings. And Jesus goes, ah, yes. You're very close to the kingdom of God. And it's, it's one of those moments where in all of this, this setting, Jesus is like, hey, you got it. And the guy, the guy or gal walks away like, okay, great. You're like, That's the end, end of the interchange. More than sacrifices, more than our religious offerings is loving each other, loving God and loving our neighbor. And Jesus said, well done, scribes. So it's not like all scribes are in Jesus' crosshairs. But some of them are. He says, beware of the scribes in general. Beware of the scholars. Beware of the people that like to walk around in nice clothes and eat nice food. And when you're at the mall, people stop and want to hear their thoughts. What do you, what do you think about this? Oh, oh, scribe or teacher or whatever. He says, um, they like to devour widows' houses. Uh, what he means by this is, is something like uh, either they like to take their money take widows' money, you know, and use them. You know, there, are, there are, are news stories live right now about people taking millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars from people who need it the most and putting it in their own pockets. Beware. Jesus is not happy with these people. He says the greater condemnation will be reserved for them. And so... Uh, you know, we, we get this idea that these scribes are either taking other people's money where they really need it and lining their pockets, or they're not, if they're lawyers or, or judges, they're not uh, treating widows and orphans favorably. They're sort of, they're, they're, being, they're taking bribes and, and ruling against the widows. So Jesus is not happy because they, they're not considering where the money should go. Now, when I was living in Kentucky, I worked at a place, I'm not going to name it because this is live, um, I worked at a place, uh, it was like a hotel resort kind of area. And so it was my first job, I was in seminary, I was learning Greek and Hebrew behind the front desk of the hotel with my little name badge on, and every, every once in a while at the 10 o'clock hour someone would come in and I'd chuck them in and point them to the, the washroom and... That was my first job in Kentucky, uh, kind of hotel desk clerk. But after, after sort of I kind of was, got to, was known a little bit, then they sent me out into the, onto the campus of this place. And I was carrying linens, clean linens and, and, and cellophane, and then taking dirty linens out. And I got to know the, the maids and the, the grounds crew, the folks, the folks that are at the very lowest social strata of this place. And... Um, um, <laughs> trying to, oh, there's a story of a guy. I'll tell that guy's story, that guy's story some other time. He's great. Uh, the poorest guy you can imagine with the greatest guitar skills I've seen. So, uh, kind of in bluegrass style. Okay, anyway. Um, so I got to know these folks, and I also kind of got to hear, I was sort of in sub-management, I kind of got to hear the rumblings about the higher-ups, 
the administration, the folks who sat down in their offices with the fine clothes and uh, every, every uh, meal. I mean, there's a, there's a restaurant in, uh, on the campus. Every meal, they'd go up and they'd sit together at their table and they'd be just, I mean, it's good food and a lot of, it was expensive food. It's good and expensive food. And they'd get a free meal every day. And I got to know some of the, the, the ground staff. And there were some maids that were, that were weeks on end, they'd only have a carrot or something because they couldn't afford lunches. And they'd be back down in the, down in the you know, place where all the storage was. And, and I had just come from watching the administration eating their fine food and coming and watching the maids going so hungry. And I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. I mean, I couldn't, I, I haven't seen it more live in a, in a better way than there. You have scribes who are eating the choicest foods while at the same time is devouring widows' houses. And Jesus, Jesus doesn't like this. And part of the challenge and part of the mission for the church, part of the challenge is to learn to call that out and to learn to help those uh, tasty morsels uh, being put into the, into the hands and, and, uh, and stomachs of folks who struggle day in and day out. It's part of our job. That's why we pool our resources together partly is because as a church, we have a job to do in this place, in this town, and it's to help anticipate new creation. And by that, I mean, how is it going to be when God's kingdom is fully established where justice and peace are the DNA? So we're in this work. Grassroots is in this work. And uh, Jesus... And I, and I sort of look in this guy's face and I go, you know, beware. Beware of wanting that because um, there's a whole way of being that's not, not the way that he wants us to be. Um, next slide, please. So here's what happens. Jesus is teaching in the temple courts. He calls his disciples over. And here's the scene, the focus of the scene. I like that he's kind of around the corner because Jesus is, Jesus is like, it's like he's people watching. He comes and says, Jesus sat across from the temple treasury and watched lots of people coming and going. In the temple treasury, you know, this great Solomon's temple, this great, uh, great building, the court of the Gentiles was on the outside where you could be if you weren't Jewish. And then inside the court of the Jews, and you had the court of the women, and the court of the priests. And there's all these different places where you'd go, and it, was, it must have been a magnificent place to experience. Uh, the Jewish people of the time put all of their resources and energy into this temple because it was their great testimony to the world. The God of the universe lives here. The creator of all lives in, among us. He's chosen us to live to live among us. He's creating a new world. In God's ways, his teachings were, um, uh, were very clear about how the world should, be, should run with equity and justice. Now, in Jesus' day, things had slipped. There, there's a bit of uh, corruption, you might say, in the temple. It wasn't running well. The people who were using the money weren't using it well. So Jesus is in the temple. You remember, he's just turned over the the, you know, come in, turned over the money changers' tables. And this is a couple days later, and he's sitting in the temple watching it all unfold. He's people watching. And in, in one of the courts, there was probably a bunch, like 12 or 13 little deposits where you could put money, perhaps like this picture here is showing. Uh, and Jesus is people watching, and he's watching people put in large sums of money. 
like kind of for everyone to see out in public. Here's, look at, clink, 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 clink. How many coins can I clink into this basket? Uh, and then he, he, he calls over his disciples and says, look, guys, look, look what's about to happen. And he sees a poor widow come and take two little pennies and clink them in. Maybe she had children, maybe she didn't. We're not told, like the artist's rendition here, to help us imagine the state of this woman's life. Clinking one, two, put in two little coins. And he says, They've, the other people have given out of their abundance, but she, giving out of her poverty, gave all she had to live on. She's given more. And Jesus extols her and admires her and tells his disciples to pay attention. And we'll get into, we'll get into the hard, this is a hard teaching for us. For most of us, this is a very hard teaching. Because we, we, all, we all struggle financially in one way or the other. None of us thinks of ourselves as rich. Um, and when Jesus says things like, give it all away... <laughs> You know, we, wait, what about all of those things that are hanging off of my feet that are about to sink me? If I give any more, I'm going to drown. So this is a hard teaching, and we'll get, it, we'll, get, we'll get into the heart of it in the spring. But for today, today I want to just focus on two points here. The first point is that um, in this, the temple treasury, there is no compulsion. This is not a tax. This is not a tax that this woman is paying. She's giving out of her heart. She wants to give something to contribute. And as we talk about finances as a church at Grassroots, we're not in a place where this is, there's no church tax. When you see the, the baskets going around or the little bo- the box in the back there that you put your, put your checks in week in and week out, there's, it's not a tax. You don't have to put money in to be part, deeply part of this community. It's not, nothing like that. This is not compulsion. This is not, no one's here saying, and, and in fact, I don't, know if, I don't know if some of you may not know this, but I don't know what you give or don't give. I keep myself blind from those numbers. The board of trustees who, who uh, are sort of my boss here, they, keep, they, they, they have access into that, but I don't. I don't see. And so this is, this is for you to, to be able to relate with me well as a pastor without any of that potential guilt that's, that money brings with it. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I get a report every week that, or every, every month that says, Here's, here are the givings for the month, and all of the names are whited out. I, don't, I can't see any of it. Um, and so this is not compulsion. This is not like if you, if you can't give or don't give, then, then you're not in. You're not part of this thing. Um, no, you, you can be very much part of this if, if you only have two pennies to give and, and your time. So that's, that's the first point I wanted to make today. And the second point is this. Um, give, she, she gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she had. Um, so many of you know that I have just, my, my wife and I and my family have just been through a, a really challenging time with my daughter's health, Claire's health. She... Um, she um, had, has an esophagus issue that flared up and, and plugged her up completely to where she couldn't have any food 
or water. It didn't, nothing went down. And so we were in the hospital for at least, what, a week and had to fly down to London. And, um, and luckily, they've sort of, they've scoped her. They found a few things. And while it's not solved, while there's no answer yet uh, going forward, um, we, we do have, she's kind of stabilized. Do I talk about her now that she's walking in? No, don't, don't look. Um, uh, um, I'm talking about you, Claire. <laughs> uh, so, in the midst of it, you know, I was, I was in the hospital for four or five days straight. Eve was, we were taking shifts. Uh, Eve went, flew down to, to uh, London with her. I stayed back with Autumn. And I just kept on going in my life. I didn't, I didn't really take a break. I didn't really stop. And, I mean, I, I think that we did as best as we could of trying to be present you know, but, but, when, but when Claire was watching, uh, you know, in the hospital bed while she was watching a show, I was clicking away working. When she went to bed at night, I was, I was making up those hours in the evening time. When, um, when Eve was gone and Autumn was in school, I was plowing through. Um, and um, I just, I wanted to bring that to you guys today because I've been saying things from the upfront like, God doesn't need your anxious productivity. He's got this. And I think as, as, as maybe as okay as I did, maybe I, I didn't set the best example for the community. I wanted to just share that with you this morning because um, I think that I probably shouldn't have given enough or as much as I gave. I shouldn't have worked as hard as I worked. I should have taken a rest. And... Um, uh, and I want to invite us to, con- you know, I, I want to say maybe I botched that up a little bit in front of, in front of the community, saying um, as, we, as we go forward as a church, as we uh, think of ourselves and, and what we have to give and all that that's there, um, I think part of, part of the, the challenge here is for us to learn what, it, what is it that we have? What is it in time and money and resources? And what of it can we put to this great, beautiful thing called grassroots. And when you have something to give, and life goes through seasons, when you have something to give, give it. Offer it up. Your, your, your time, your service, your money. When you don't, trust that this is a community thing going on. Uh, and and uh, far more than us just pressing and plowing through, I want this to be a community of healing and a community of Rest in a community of, 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 of abundance in our relationships and in the way that we do community together. And um, I would invite us to live on those cycles. When you have something to give, give it. When you don't, um, be carried by those who love you. And you, you carried us so beautifully. I, just, I, probably shouldn't have, I probably should have let you carry me more. And I didn't. So... Um, that's the invitation that I want to say from this widow. I think, you know, she gave where she could, and it was, and for Jesus, he noticed it was, it was way beyond what she could, should give. Now, I should say this, and this is again, again from my point. Widows in this day and age in the synagogues, which were the Jewish churches, widows in the synagogues in the Jewish churches, uh, they were cared for. This woman's not going to go hungry in the society that she's living in. 
She's going to be fed. So she put all she had to live on, knowing that at this point, the community's got her. I, what, some, someone said to me recently, uh, it's like this. It's, uh, God asks us to give up of so much of ourselves to, to him, to serve him. Uh, and, and we ask this question, what if, it's, what if I give too much? What if, I, what if I give too much and I can't live on it? Well, we should be, a, if that happens, if you give too much of your, t- your time and energy and you're spent, there should be a community around you that carries and feeds you until you get another couple pennies. And if the community fails you, God forbid, and you die of hunger, it's not a bad way to die. God's got you. Give, not a bad way of die, die to, to give out everything. I love that perspective. It is to say, I'm going to give everything until my community has me. And if my community doesn't have me, God's got me. We'll get into those teachings in the spring. Uh, but I just want to say, let's be a community who has our eyes open to one another and carries one another. And let yourself be carried when you need it. That's, that's my vision that I wanted to give today. Uh, now, going forward, Grassroots Church, uh, I mean, we've talked about this for three weeks, giving and finances and spending money and all of that. Um, Grassroots Church is a great place to invest. <laughs> uh, a great place. What we do is we put our money together here, and this is a place that I've seen, I've seen people be sheltered and cared for in times of very vulnerable crisis. There's, a, there's not just a care network in this place, but this community supports you all who have extensive care networks around you. It's amazing to see. Uh, if, if grassroots d- disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow, there'd be a really big void in this city, in this place, of the care networks that you represent. Uh, I've seen... Um, I've seen people walking through some of the hardest times and being loved so tenderly in this place. I've seen this community reach out across very difficult boundaries and barriers that exist in our society and make rich connection across boundaries and barriers. I've seen this community stand up, being willing to stand up in the face of historic racism and say, this is not the way God would have the world. I've seen this place um, disciple and, and grow a, a community of disciples in ways that I haven't seen it before. And um, I just i am so excited about taking one more step of growth and one more step further out into this community, saying, uh, being confident that our worth as a community, our, our essential worth is, is, is rich and deep. We offer so much to this place and by God's grace. He's done it. Um, and so I think I'm excited to move forward as a church and, and, and what this looks like um, in terms of our mission. It's, it's worth, worth investing in. Now, um, just a few last things here. You know, for next year, as we uh, now, we're entering into a phase where we need to sort of, as a church, take pledges. Pledges, you know, what, what are you going to offer on the table for the shared community mission uh, financially next year? Uh, for 2018, and you'll be getting some, uh, those of you who have been uh, giving so far will be getting some letters in the mail, and for those of you uh, who, who aren't, then there are, there are um, letters at the back table there today. You'll see at the back table there are pledging letters, giving a bit of a vision that I've written for next year and in terms of our financial goals. So 
Everyone, if you think about it, going past the, the little table back there, just take one of those letters home, put it up on, on, the, on, the, um, on your, your fridge or something, and uh, those pledges will be due in, in mid-November as a way to say, what are we going to do next year? How, I mean, what's, we do pledges so we know that, so that we don't overextend ourselves, so that we can continue on for, for many years to come, but we take pledges also to know how much we can spend. What, what, how much, how, what, what step are we going to take out financially next year in order to, um, to do God's good work? And here's what this all goes to, guys. It's Sunday mornings, making, uh, continuing to help Sunday mornings being uh, a healing and hope-filled place where folks can enter and find uh, community in the presence of God, uh, a little bit of discipleship, home groups uh, just getting launched here at Grassroots, a home group uh, ministry, a home group model where, where you can be uh, in, in a small group for over the course of up to 16 months. So you get to know some folks, they get to know you. It's hard on Sunday mornings with this many people, like ships passing in the night sometimes. So building up a home group model that brings the, er, the earliest vision of, of home church into the, the D, back into the DNA of grassroots. Um, service and care, a, a church and a special team on our church is leading us forward into outreach and uh, care and service into the community. Um, pastoral care, we, just, we, we do it well already, but I think we can do better in terms of uh, providing a pastoral care network for you guys, for this community, so that um, when the, the really tough times come, there can be someone and some people orchestrating the care. Um, and then Christian education and discipleship. There's, there's not a lot of places in town where people might go and say, um, I want to learn more about what it is to make a difference in this world and to kind of get an education in that way. There's no Bible college in town, no seminary, not even a religion degree at uh, the Lakehead University. So uh, this particular community will continue finding its way as a leader in the, the kind of education and discipleship edge of the community. So that's, this is where the money will go next year, put into orchestrating all of this and helping orchestrate all of your gifts so that you can be leaders in this movement. That's the idea. This is a body of gifted believers, and each one can find their way here into a place where they're serving and using their gifts for the vision and mission. So, um, yeah, I just sort of talked about all that. You'll see that in the letter, all those points. Now, here's this. Just one last thing to say. Uh, last year, I uh, challenged us to reach uh, 217. Uh, 217,000 operating funds next, next year, and we were at 110 the year before, 110. And we, I said, I think 217 probably looks like a next level for us financially. Well, the response was amazing. You guys went from last year 110, operating on 110, to operating on 200 this year. Almost doubling. I mean, like people showed up and um, offered. Now, um, so this year, what we're going to do is we're going to try to reach 217 again. We're going to take that extra little step and reach that next level as a church. That's, that's the goal. Now, here's how it broke down last year. I, I did a little giving cascade and saying, um, here, here's what I think we need as a community, kind of, of what I know about our general demographic. Here's what I think we need to reach 217. Three at 10,000, seven at six, and so forth. And, I, and this was the result. It was so, so interesting. Uh, there are seven of 25 offerings at 1,000, so we have a lot of growth in terms of those who are, um, who are able to give 80, about $83 a month to the vision. Uh, we've got some growing at those who can give 125, and as you kind of go uh, kind of down the cascade here, 
uh, 10, we get, kind of get better. 10 of 15 offering 3,000, 7 of 10 offering 45, 8 of 7 offering 6,000, and 3 of 3 offering 10,000. So I think what this is, what this shows me is that um, maybe, maybe the message last year, or may, maybe the message just needs to, to be shared that even, it's, even if it's a very little, even if it's not what, what may feel like not a lot to put into the shared offering, um, it actually goes a long way. If, if, we, if we would have reached uh, 25 of 25 people offering about $1,000 last year, we would, have, we would have gotten to the 217. So, um, you know, this, again, this is, there's no guilt here. There's no sense of you, you've got to do this to be part of this thing. This is just us going, or me going, I think this is what we need to do what we want to do at grassroots. And so, uh, and some people, I think I heard a couple people say, oh, I couldn't give $1,000 last year, so I didn't know I could be part of it. $25 a year. I mean, some of the great political campaigns these days are, are run off of people giving five, ten bucks. Great, a great social movement on, the, on the, um, those, those, what are they called, those giving websites, where uh, crowdsourcing websites. It's folks just giving five, ten bucks, and it amasses up. Uh, it it uh, means a lot. So what, this, what, what, what does this say to, say to me when I look at this? I say there are a lot of people invested here. There are a lot of people heavily invested at grassroots and believing in this place and that um, it's, it's worth investing in. And I think as a church, we just continue to take steps forward and saying, you know, even though by the world's standards, we operate on very little, um, the impact here is great and uh, it's worth doing. So I would invite you to, to be part of this great work, whether you pledged last year or or, um, or not, I'd invite you to be part of this great work called Grassroots. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing that I believe God will continue to use. The community here has been faithful with little, I believe, in the last 10, 17 years. So faithful with little. I believe that God uh, wants us to continue to grow and to continue to move forward and continue offering the, the rich worth of this way of doing church to so many people out there that could use it can be part of it. Um, so, yeah, two last things here. Uh, one of the things that I think is important as we continue to go forth, because Jesus talks so much about money and finances that um, I think we should too. We should talk about it in terms of how, uh, how our discipleship links with money and finances. So every six weeks, I don't know how to do this yet. Let me figure this out. Every six weeks, at the beginning of my sermon, I'm just going to pause before we get going and just remind us, what, what are we doing here financially as a church? Why, why do we keep giving? Why do we keep having this shared pot? And partly because as new folks enter in, as folks kind of get to know more about the church, I mean, I mean just, there could be a very practical thing. You see these baskets going around. They're empty. A couple of coins, a few, a few dollars, a couple of envelopes. And you might, people might wonder, how does this church function? You know, and, and, and in reality, a lot of people have, are doing online giving kind of direct deposit type of things. A lot of people like the widow, like the box idea, and they put it in the box out back. Um, and so just to, just to keep refreshing us, what are we doing financially as a church? And doing it in a way that's not guilt-ridden, not like, you got to give more, you got, we got to do better. It's none of that. Just what does God ask of us to think about as disciples in terms of our money? So probably every six weeks I'm going to be talking to you about that. And then pledge letters. 
And I invite you to do pledge letters this year. It really helps to know how, how far we can spread in ministry next year. Again, the pledge letters are on the back there. Um, for those who've given in the past, you'll get a letter in the mail, with, and it will be in there as well. And we want to get those pledges in by late November so we can have a good sense of how to build the budget for, for 2018. All right, we've made it through the family meeting of 2017. Next week, we're going to enter back into kind of normal mode, uh, preaching for five or six weeks on Jesus' healings, the importance of, of his healings in his ministry, and how that relates to uh, especially the ministry of healing today, uh, because um, he does it so well and so profoundly, and we oftentimes don't. Uh, so I'm excited to jump back in, and then we'll be at Christmas. Christmas will be here, and we'll jump into Luke's uh, nativity story with shepherds shepherds in the field. I'm excited to get there. So friends, thanks for being part of this family meeting for these weeks, and I'm going to invite us forward here to remember that, um, that Jesus, just very briefly, very, very, in very short time after admiring this widow, uh, gave up his whole life in order, to, um, in order that we might have life, life to the full, um, not living under guilt, not living under any sort of religious oppression, but under the free love and, and, and abundant grace of God. And so he, he, he told his disciples, his followers, every time you get together, every time you gather, take some bread and break it in pieces. Have some, some wine and, or juice and, um, and dip the, the bread in the juice. And remember that my way of being, my way of living is abundant, um, abundant offering in order to, to make this new world that he has in mind. So whatever it is God has said to you this morning, however it is he's spoken to you, I invite you this morning to come and take a piece of bread, dip it into the juice, and bring it as a prayer, as, a, as a, your whole offering to God. Here I am, God. I offer myself to you. Uh, the table here is set for everyone. Everyone here is welcome.